Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. He exhaled. His breath filled me, and his hands ranged down my body, not gentle at all anymore. His concern for my fragility had been washed away by waves of pure, ruthless need. He kept one of his hands in my hair, holding me down, while the other one dug under the blankets and learned my body quickly with the flat of his palm, pressure hard enough to bruise. He grabbed at my hip bone and squeezed, and my back arched at the hot, white sensation of pleasure and pain at his touch. Do it, I said. I was worried I'd finish without him. Touch me. Oh, hey, Claire. Uh-huh. Uh, it's time to do the podcast. The, the podcast? Yes. The podcast? So should we do that? Okay, sure. Okay. I mean, unless you want to, like, there's more. We'll get into it. Ooh. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Yeah. All the spoilers. So many spoilers. Like, it's not even, we've, like, we don't even need to call it spoilers. It's like, we're going to tell you everything that, everything, every important thing that happens, unless we forget, which is very likely to happen. Right. So, like, if you were writing a paper on, like, vampire romance novels, Mm -hmm. and you had to turn it in as your thesis, Mm -hmm. and you wanted to find out everything that happens because you're a cheater without actually reading the book, actually still don't listen to our podcast because we skip shit. (laughs) (laughs) But we do tell you the ending. Right, right, right. So, but also, uh, it's fun to read along. So if you want to go get these books, read them, come back. The easiest thing is you can put us on pause. Yeah. They're less than 300 pages. So. Fact. Yeah. Great. But, so, let's get started. Claire. Yeah. What's got you hot and bothered? Oh, the Oscars. Oh. I think by the time no. this thing has come out, maybe they're over. I don't really know. Time. Wibbly wobbly. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I have to say, I'm over a star is born. I've, I've been over a star is born. I've never wanted a star is born. I never needed it in my life. There like five of them, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, this guy and I were talking and he's like, oh, I'm going to go see a star is born tonight. I'm like, oh, great. I bet that's one you have to bring tissues to. And he goes, why? I was like, oh, because he dies at the end. Spoiler. He dies at the end. Also, spoiler. Four other movies came out, which is this exact movie. And I feel not bad at all. The first one all. was like the 30s or something, wasn't it? The 40s? Yeah. It's, it's one of the very first. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's one of the first talkies. Yeah. And also it wasn't so, called the star is born then. It was called something else. The Statute of Limitations has passed for yeah. trailers. No, it's over. Also, you can see it from the trailer. Like, oh, look, this guy, that like, his best friend who, you know, who knows so much more than our main guy is like, I'm worried about you when you're drinking. And then he meets this lady, and then she seems to be doing really well fame-wise, and he seems to be happy but saddy and still bloated. I mean... <laughs> Whatever he did to make himself look like an alcoholic, he did a real good job because he looks bloated as fuck in that movie. <laughs> and honestly, I'm going to say this Lady Gaga does too. Bloated. Oh. Anyway. That's fine. No, and good for them. Whatever. Versimilitude. Totally I'm on board. 
look. We are bloat positive here. Method out that shit. That's fine with me. But the thing is, uh, I don't need, I, like, uh, look, dude, I am sorry that your music career couldn't, like, succeed beyond the person you found who was more successful than you, which of course she was because she's sexy and young. And then you decide to kill yourself with alcohol. I don't, like, why do I need this story? Why do I need this story? Also, like, why? 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 Why do I need this story when I have it four other times? Fair. Why can't Lady Gaga just be in a movie where she's successful? <laughs> Without the baggage of possibly having driven a man to his death. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise known as her life. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and also, there's so many interesting Lady Becomes Famous stories. Why does it have to be, oh, Lady Became Famous at the expense of a man she loved? No. That doesn't actually have to exist. Because when women want things, they're taking it away from them. <sighs> anyway. Fair. Uh, so, uh, A Star is Born is not going to win, and some people are going to be sad about that. Spoiler alert, I'm not. <laughs> All right. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Have you seen any of them? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've the, not seen a single one. The Judy Garland one is very good. I just lost my gay card because I've never seen a single one. But No, honestly, like, it's fine. You know, I mean, I don't know why this story needs to be retold. I mean, I'm fine with retellings. I am fine. Like, some people are not happy with remakes. They're like, why are you doing remakes? As a theater person who makes a career just redoing theater all the <laughs> fucking time, I'm like, no, I get it because you want to do it. Totes get it. Why this one? Because it's it's totes unnecessary, and this seems to be Bradley Cooper's favorite story to tell. By the way, like, mm. dude having mental problems, girl comes in, they kind of help each other out. Dude continues to have mental problems, and maybe suffers because of it. That's like his favorite story to tell. I don't need it anymore. That's fair. Okay, that was me. Okay. What's got you hot and bothered? Uh, so recently, I was um, watching an adult video. Surprise, surprise. I watch pornography. Um, and so I don't know if this is true in straight porn. I assume that it's true in straight porn that if they're using condoms, you never see them put it on. It's just like they're fooling around and then all of a sudden somebody's riding a dick that's obviously wearing a condom. And sometimes in the gay porns, you'll see them like pull it off to like do the money shot. I was watching a pornography that showed the guy putting the condom on. And it was kind of hot because he was really good at it because he's a porn star. So, like, he's really... Because whenever I try... It's like, I already have lube on my hands. And so, like, trying to get the wrapper open and trying to... It was, it, like, it's always just like... Oh, like that music starts It's like one of those infomercials for, like... Tupperware or whatever where people they can't hold objects all of a sudden it's like that usually um but yeah he just like I, I usually do the teeth method I think he did the teeth method and then just like slipped it on and then the guy sat down and it was all kind of sexy I was like good for you guys cause like you know like the illusion the part of never seeing someone put on a condom is that we can just sort of like pretend that it's not a thing we have to worry about or like Oh, we don't need to interrupt the story arc of the sex scene, whatever. But 
like they incorporated it in a way that was like kind of sexy and like part of the whole thing. I was like, good for you guys. So I was really excited about that. That's delightful. Yeah. Well, speaking of bloodborne illnesses, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get into two books that right. are body fluid heavy. Holy gavolt. Okay, <laughs> so I picked the books this time. Yeah, you did. We read Hemovore by Jordan Castillo Price. And Dead Until Dark by Charlene Harris. And I misspoke last time, Dead Until Dark. I said it was the inspiration for the show Vampire Diaries. It was the inspiration for the show True Blood. Right. I didn't watch either of them, and they came out at the same time. So, like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> they, it's both, vamp, like, pretty people playing vampire. Like, whatever. Yep. Anyway, so those are the books that we read. So it was Vampires today. Vampires. So let's get into it. Hemovore by Jordan Castillo Price. Mark Hansen thought working as an artist's assistant would be glamorous, especially if that artist was a vampire. Black tie events, woody repartee, gracing the pages of the local style section didn't happen. Not even once. Jonathan Varga is an enigma. True, he's quiet, generous, and scrupulously polite but he has zero social life, refuses to be interviewed or photographed, and insists he can only consume feline blood. Why supermarket blood won't suffice, Mark hasn't asked. He's rarely at a loss for words. He can dish an insult and follow it with a snap as quick as you can say, Miss Thang. But, um... Sorry. <laughs> it's... Oh, we're gonna get into that. But one look at Jonathan's black as sin gypsy eyes and Mark's objections drain away. So he endures the perpetual grind of their routine. Jonathan hiding in his studio, swiping black paint onto black canvases. Mark hurling insults while he buffs the office to a shine with antiviral wipes. Each of them avoiding the other in a careful choreography. Until a blurb in Art in America unleashes a chain of harrowing events neither of them could foresee. As secrets from Jonathan's past are brought to light, it becomes clear that all his precautions weren't nearly enough. Parentheses. First edition originally published in 2009. Second expanded edition includes the bonus novelette, Sweet. Close parentheses. So there's that. Yep. Claire. Uh Uh-huh. What actually happens? Okay. Well, I'm going to have to say a lot of that synopsis was wrong. Yeah. most part we've been able to say things like yeah that's pretty that's exactly much what, what happens like closed book we don't have to talk about this anymore really uh but no i would have to say that that is not what happens in this book i mean the very last part where there's um where they're careful around each other mm-hmm. uh mark is always wiping shit down mm-hmm. and then there's a little blurb with uh jonathan the vampire's picture in it in the newspaper and all hell breaks loose from there that that is all accurate. happens yes none of the rest of that is true <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, the but before you get into it i broke it, it was like he can hurl it in the salt and snap and say miss thing no, he's not that kind of gay. No. He never snaps. Mm. He never says Miss Thang. No. Like, I would definitely say he is definitely that kind of gay man that is maybe a little bit more punchy. He's mm. like, I'm not going to say low-key Jack, but maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's, he's real prissy. He's real prissy. He's a prissy guy. But I'm... I, like, 
I would also say I could imagine him. I've met this man. Like, he wasn't outside of somebody I've met. But he also wasn't the cinematic, like, 1990s vision of what a gay man was supposed to be like. Right. Who's your best friend, girl. Right. You know, like, he wasn't that. Right. Though he did keep making, like... These weird, like, quote, gay cultural references. Like, he'd be like, oh, I'm not in Kansas anymore. It's just like, that's coming out of nowhere because you, like, whatever. I did like the Tin Man reference. I thought that was kind of well done. Yeah, sure. But yes, no, I get it. But I also thought, like, that was well placed because it just made sense in the moment. Sure. Um, Outside of gay culture or whatever, I just thought literary, it made sense. More to me, like, like an opera gay than, but whatever. It's fine. Anyway, tell us, us, Claire, what happened when we open. Mm -hmm. uh, David has been David. Mark. Mark. Sorry. Who's David? (laughs) Who knows? Okay. (laughs) Mark has been working for Jonathan, who is a reclusive vampire artist, for four years. Mm-hmm. And they have a real tight routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's his personal assistant. Mark does everything for this guy who never seems to leave the house. And when he does, it's like a huge fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, because vampirism is a terrible disease that travels much the way AIDS does. <laughs> It's barely an analog. I, <laughs> it's more like a direct thing. Let, yeah, I I have a whole thing about that. Oh, yeah, that yeah, we yeah. we can yeah. get into later. Um, but, like, I, I thought that it was really interesting how, like, vampirism works in this book. Because it's like, you get the virus and most people die. But then if you make it, then you're suddenly, you know, like, sexy and young and, et cetera, and glamorous, et cetera, et cetera. But then you can't eat food. But you still need calories. Yeah. So vampires will drink these, like, high-calorie milkshakes or, like, just chug peanut oil. Well, they're not even milkshakes. They're, like, soy shakes. Right. Because they can't have the lactose. Right. They just, like, they just mostly do, like, the fat. So yeah. it's uh, vegetable oil um, with flavoring in it. Right. Or peanut oil with flavoring. Yeah. So they just have to... Or straight ha- up fucking lard. They And they constantly have to worry about their calorie intake mm-hmm. because they aren't eating food. And there's like synthetic blood. It's, it's a well-known thing. So now there's like synthetic blood and there's a whole industry of like flavored waters. Right. Because so they still have to stay hydrated. Right. They still have to stay hydrated. But then it's like, you know, like beef sunday roast flavored water so that they can like drink it and be like oh it's like i'm eating again and then they they do drink blood but a lot of them drink synthetic blood right but that doesn't always agree with people and right and it does seem like there's anyway in the world in the united states and there's this whole thing takes place in chicago i've never been to chicago but it did feel like it was actually really well placed in the world Mm -hmm. i could see chicago it took place in the winter in chicago and it was fucking cold like there was no all the time yeah there was no like they when they go near the waterfront and it seemed to take time when they went places so Mm -hmm. it felt like this author knew chicago yeah 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 again i don't know chicago so maybe they were incorrect but it felt really well placed yeah Anyway, so in America, in Chicago, where there's this whole vampire thing happening and they're, for lack of a better word, out. And so there's a whole market that's catering towards them now. Businesses stay open in the mm-hmm. night because vampires can't be out during the day. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. But there's just like 
in America now, there's even though there's businesses that are catering to them and they're obviously taking their money, there's also huge segments of the society that don't want vampires around Mm -hmm. and haven't accepted them and um and don't and like this conservative america has just blossomed and has taken over a large portion of the media and so even though the vampires are out conservative america is also out in force too yeah and so that's where we are when we open uh when we open mark is doing the grocery shopping for the vampire and the vampire has been jonathan has been very specific about not giving away the fact that he works for a vampire at all so he has to do all these things he has to not actually go to the vampire aisles or buy very small amounts of whatever it is they're purchasing he has to take circuitous routes back home or to wherever he's going wiping everything down all the time always wearing gloves he has car gloves he has house gloves he has gloves for this he has gloves for that Mm -hmm. so they have separate places where they keep their foods in the house and mark is constantly complaining to jonathan about the things that jonathan does and jonathan is beyond vampiric enigmatic he is exactly what you imagine he Mm -hmm. speaks like bella lugosi because bella lugosi is also from that same play part of the world um he is pale and tall and handsome and he even walks like a cat which Mm -hmm. they attribute to possibly the blood that he's intaking and he he has these paintings that humans can't see like it just looks black but vampires can see things in the different shades right and so mark works really hard at that job Mm -hmm. and from the first couple of chapters it seems like he actually also does a very good job Mm -hmm. at that like he is an excellent personal assistant the other thing that i find interesting about this particular character is i think it's one of the first main characters where he was he's 40 isn't he he's 42 he's 42 yeah so i think it's one of the first times where we've had a main character who was in their 40s Mm -hmm. and like that's important but also unimportant yeah like it's not part of the fetish no um and I, I appreciated the hell out of that. Yeah, that like was great. this. And every once in a while, there was hints to this guy's like previous lives and his other friends and and the the other type of life he led. And it was just that was great. It was like oh yeah. I I think one of the the part of the the vampire part of this fantasy was that he's an older man, and of course. In any book, once you become a vampire, you become hot. That's just how it goes. That's just how it works. <laughs> so, of course, a 40-year-old man will want to kind of retreat back into some, yeah. like, a more hotter version of himself, but still have all the experience of being 40. It makes sense, evolutionarily speaking, because the di- a dinosaur, woo, a vampire needs to get close to people to drink their blood. So they're going to be hot, because right. people let hot people near them. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was... So anyway, he's very good at his job. They've been to he's been working for him for four years. Yeah. And, and he says that it's like he's only still there because he's in love with him. Like he has no personal life. He works constantly. And at the beginning I was like, Oh well he probably gets paid pretty well and then it's like, No, he's bouncing checks left and right. And it's like, Okay, like I understand you're in love with him, but love isn't gonna pay the electricity bill guy. Like get it well, together. No, but he said he wasn't bouncing checks anymore as much. But then no, he's still like he's he he doesn't make as much money as you'd think somebody would who's spending like 
hundreds of dollars on a tie. Yeah, I would say that too. Like that's where all of his money goes. Yeah, all of his money goes to that. But I would say like he isn't bouncing his checks as much anymore. That's like almost a line. That's a, I believe a line he yeah, says. As much anymore. True. So he still is. He's right. still bouncing checks. Right. But I I agree with you. Anyway, uh, like I also feel like he's he is in love with Jonathan, but he's really trying hard to not be. This is another one of those like they barely know each other. They interact very little. And I I understand like being attracted to someone. But like, oh, they're enigmatic, they're mysterious, I'm still attracted to them. But like how can you be in love with him? You don't know him. I guess. You don't I... know anything about him other than the fact that he like paints black on black canvases and he walks like a cat. And he, his his studio is separated by giant red glass doors that Mark calls the gates of hell. Yeah. Like, that's all you know. I guess. I felt like they knew more about each other by then. Like, there was, I like, I mean, you were, like, yeah, they didn't, they ran into each other enough. And they had, right, but also, like, it was very clear from the offset that Jonathan was not sociable. Right. At all. No. Like, the conversations were minimal, only what needed to be said about replacing the groceries, talking to their the dealer at the gallery. Like, it was only business. Jonathan never said anything personal about himself, ever. Sure, I guess. I don't know. I felt like these were two people who knew each other's ry- rhythms really well. Yeah. But and that they'd come to trust each other an awful lot. And, and that, yeah, maybe they didn't know a whole lot about the specifics, but I still do think that there is a kind of love you can get from that. I do think that a lot of Mark's love, and Mark recognized this too, was fetishistic. Yeah. And that he knew that's what it was. And that embarrassed him and it made him upset. Like he didn't want that. But he didn't know how to stop it. And also that's why he was keeping the job. So like he he knew a lot of his own feelings weren't appropriate. And that that doesn't make him a great person. But I do also believe that you can't, like, because it was the same for Jonathan. Jonathan was falling in love with Mark and didn't say so till later. But I didn't buy that either. <laughs> it was like fucking Henry Higgins and Eliza Doolittle. I've become accustomed to your face. That's, that's not what I want to hear personally. If I'm in love <laughs> with someone, I don't want to be like, oh, I've gotten used to having you around to do shit for me. <laughs> what? No! <laughs> That's awful. I don't like it. I guess. I can see that. It didn't feel that way to me. I don't, it's like, again, like I can understand them being attracted to each other. Just like from Jonathan's point of view, oh, this this Mark guy is very competent and I'm amused by like how prissy he is. And he goes and gets me cat blood. I appreciate that about him. But just like, oh, and he makes these like little barbs and snaps and says Miss Thang when he thinks that I can't hear him. Isn't that precious? But then it's just like, okay, well, and we find out later that Jonathan was very um, withholding or just like keeping yeah. a distance. There's a very good reason for it. But then it's just like, uh, when he cut at the end or towards the end, when he's like, I've loved you this whole time, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it at all. Okay. It's like, oh yeah, you want to fuck him. You enjoy spending time with him, sure. But we're like, I'm in love with you. I didn't buy it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, all right. I guess. I, I did. Okay. I mean, but also. Well, but you're you're a much less bitter, cynical person than I am. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> well, 
I mean, and I do believe you can generate some pretty important love feelings for somebody over a period of time, even if you don't know them, know them. And maybe after getting to know them further, those feelings of love can dissipate once you find out things you don't like about them. Yeah. But they can also just grow stronger. Well, okay. So over the course of this book, and they like... They don't, and they don't even really get to know each other. They just get. Mark just learns more about Jonathan's past, and then Mark is like, "Oh, that's shitty. I'm sorry." And Jonathan's like, "Oh, you're not berating me as much as I am with my own guilt about this whole thing." Okay, and like, yeah, sure. Like, I guess that's a start of a relationship. But when they say happily ever after, especially with the novelette at the end, which I did read and we can talk about, it's all happily ever after. It's like, I don't buy it. I just didn't feel it at all. Okay. To sum up (laughs) the plot of this book. As it were. Neil has decided to right now have an argument about people not about not believing people get together, even though that's every book we've ever read. I know. <laughs> and a lot of times I don't buy it. Sometimes I do. But the funny thing is, like, these people have actually been together longer than almost any other, like, couple in all the books we've yeah, read. That's very true. <laughs> They've actually known each other way better than most of the people well, we've I'm read. I'm not gonna have. say better. I'm gonna say longer. I think that's better. not the same thing. Oh, I one hundred percent think better. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, to sum up, all of Jonathan's fears about being followed are correct. (laughs) He had every reason to be fucking freaked out. Mm -hmm. Because after an article comes out with his picture in it, which Jonathan's like, I am not happy about this. And Mark has no reason to know why. Right. And it's just like, oh, it's you being you again. Right. And Mark's like, no, it's a great idea because otherwise the picture is just like a black square. Yeah. Because like what the painting is won't get picked up in the print. So he's like, no, we need to show a picture of you because we can market you. He's, he's doing his job, essentially. Right, right, he is. And so uh, they get a call from the gallery where all of Jonathan's paintings are, and a buyer wants to come in and wants to buy up all of them. And so this is a shit ton of money. Everybody's excited about it. The buyer comes in, is obviously a vampire, because of course he is, because that's who can see the paintings. Right. And is happy to like just shove a bunch of money in their face. And, uh, like... A cash in a suitcase type of money. Yeah, I, yeah like a metal case or something. Just right. Like, here's here's a bucket of cash. Our two boys go out to celebrate at a vampire bar, mm-hmm. and they're getting looser than they ever have in front of each other. And you think maybe they're gonna make out or something, even though they can't because vampire problems. Yeah. And then it's a, it's a highly communicable communicable disease oh, through body. Very products. communicable. But I'm gonna talk about more of that in a second yeah, because sure. ugh, also angry at world building. Sure. Um, Jonathan didn't drink because vampires can't process alcohol. Yeah. Right. So Mark was like four martinis in. Eight gin martinis. I was like, holy fucking shit. He was just like letting his hair down, Miss Thang. (laughs) And just like drunk as a skunk. And then Jonathan's like, no, this is cute. Yeah. Because he's never seen Mark like let his guard down at all. Right. Because usually Mark has to keep his guard up because they're at work. And then also if he doesn't, he might get a terrible disease. Right. And I think he also kind of, yeah. All of those things. So they get back to the apartment and everybody there is murdered. Everyone 
one. Everybody's, the doorman, the old the doorman, lady upstairs. The old lady upstairs, they're all murdered, and it's quite obviously a frame job. And mm-hmm. that these Their two... apartment's been broken into. There's somebody in the apartment. Right. So they have to get the fuck out of Dodge. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not like... Mark's like, well, I guess we can just go back to my place. And Joss is like, oh, that's not safe that's either. A in fact, idea. we have to ditch my fucking car right now. <laughs> and, and right then Mark is like... I think maybe he had a reason to be so afraid. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out, it's... And the, the cat blood dealer's dead, too. Oh, the cat blood dealer's dead, too. Okay, so Jonathan only drinks cat blood, and they have a dealer, and it doesn't work out so well. She's also dead. They try to drain a cat. It doesn't work out so good. Nope. <laughs> a lot of things are going wrong. They have to go to ground. They keep going to hotels. There's no room at the end, or they're bigoted towards vampires or gay men or both. And, like... Uh, it's all very hard. There's not enough cash. They're dirty and gross smelling right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything's going bad. They don't know where to go. Like they keep like they call one of Mark's old friends, and Mark's old friend is like, "Hey, different name." Hey, Tony. <laughs> Isn't that weird about Mark? The FBI is following him. That guy is one of the smartest guys in this he book. Was <laughs> he showed up twice. Like once they. He's like, I haven't talked to you in so long, Miss Thang. Oh, Miss Thang. Snap, snap. Honey, please. Miss Thang. Okay, bye. And then the second time, he's like, hey, Tony, don't talk about Mark right now. It was, he was very smart. He was. He was very smart. He's exactly the type of person you should call in an, an emergency and hope to get that kind of information. Yeah. And he was, like, across the country, wasn't he? He was in Arizona. Yeah. So the feds are at his house. Yeah monitoring his calls. So now we know um, the FBI is trying to track him down mm-hmm. and also like they've been framed for murders. And by who? Mm-hmm. Well, Jonathan has Jonathan a keeps theory. Jonathan talking about him. Him from the old country. Him. Laszlo. Laszlo, also a vampire. Jonathan turned Laszlo into a vampire and Laszlo has never forgiven him and has tried to hunt him down ever since. Also, they fucked. Oh, oh yeah, that, a no, bunch. And then Jonathan's fucked. like, "This guy's crazy. I'm just gonna leave now because I worry that if I tell him I'm gonna break up with him, he'll murder me." So he just left, right, to America, and where he became a famous painter right away. And ever since, le- yeah, and ever <laughs> since Laszlo's been trying to find him. Yes. Yep. And now he has, and he's ruining his entire fucking life. Yep. There's no place for them to go to ground. They do, they can't access their money or bank accounts. Yeah. All uh, money, the money that was given to them for the paintings was, of course, given to them by Laszlo's henchman slash lover, and, uh, and was, was not real money. Yeah. What to do? What to do? So they do find a vampire, uh, a V-Love, V-Love support group, which is like an underground vampire support It's group. a support group for V-negative lovers of people who are V-positive. Right. And oh, so let's just talk about V-positive and V-negative. Like, we don't need to talk about it right this second because it's a bigger conversation. Just the terminology is V-positive and V-negative. So yeah. put a pin in that, people. Well, and so, and because I think that's important to get to, I'm going to go through the rest of this very quickly. Yeah, sure. Very quickly. Uh, Mark, of course, does get... Um, does become infected. How? Well, they're trying to run away. Run, 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 run. There's Laszlo's henchman, Mr. Smith. He has actually, what is his longer name? Slavomir. Slavomir. Because they're all from the old country. Right. There's Slavomir. He turns around and he's, you know, something. Because they're hiding in the sewers. Well, not yet. Yeah, that happened in the sewers, didn't it? No. 
they have to hide in the sewers because of what happens just now. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No. Right now, they're still at the train station. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so they're running, running, running. There's stairs involved. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> there are st- oh, that's right. They're on the subway. They're running through the subway system. Okay. Right. So- there are stairs involved. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because Smith or whatever turns around and he says something, blah, 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 evildoer. And then he, he shoots. And he shoots Mark. But no. Our man, Jonathan, has stepped in front of the bullet. And the bullet went through Jonathan and into, into Mark. Mark. So now Mark is infected. Yeah. There's no way for him to not be infected. Uh, they run into the sewers where Jonathan's trying very hard to, to keep it all together. Because uh, if you become uh, infected, you need medical attention. It's like an 85% Mutually. chance you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's four stages. Right. Um, the first one... You're just kind of sick. Most people survive that one. You're just kind of sick. That's when you're probably going to infect other people Mm -hmm. because you don't know you're infected. Yeah. The second one, you are super duper fucking sick. And the third one is the one you probably usually don't survive. And that's when your body can't process food anymore. Right. Yeah. And then, but if you make it past that one to the fourth one, you get your vampire powers. Vampire powers. Which is, vampire powers are the best. Super strong. Super hot. Super fast. Super fast. And my reading and my <laughs> I don't think all of them have mind reading no no I think yeah, Mark was special Mark was I think it's alluded that Jonathan has a little bit of mind reading but Mark all of a sudden is just like I can hear the universe yeah pretty much yeah so but they go into the sewers to uh, try to survive long story short they find a follow shelter and they do survive mm-hmm. they come when uh, he's no longer as contagious and surviving this. They come up for air. They end up being arrested because that's the, the safest thing to have happen to them. One of the... This is when they run into Laszlo, right? Oh, right, because one of the... the yeah, love girls, the, the V-Love like girls. Allie, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes up in the, in the novelette, which is why I bring her up. She flags them down and she's like, guys, I found this guy who wants to help you out. And it's this guy that, like, Mark had seen earlier at the, um... The check cashing place. The check cashing place. And it's like, oh, what an attractive British man. Turns out it's Laszlo, but he didn't have a Hungarian accent. How could I have possibly known? Like, nobody can do accents. Whatever, it's fine. And then Laszlo's like, hmm, ha-ha, hmm. Yeah. That's not what he says. Right, so they go up to Laszlo's big, huge flat, and they're like, ah, oh, crap, it's Laszlo. And also, there's uh, Jonathan's paintings, and so for the first time, our, our man Mark is able to see them because he's a vampire now, and he's like, oh, who did all these really homoerotic paintings? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them were of the, oh. the guy that, because um, back in Hungary... Jonathan was in the when he got conscripted to the military. He f- was fooling around with this one guy mm-hmm. that I think he thought gave him vampirism, or he gave it anyway. And that kid died, and so there are a bunch of paintings of that guy, like naked in the throes of passion. Yeah, it's just rural graphic, right? And of course, here we find out that, uh, and then there's. A lot of things that were kind of confusing. I wasn't sure quite where was what. But important thing to note, uh, 
Mark finally uh, grabs a hold of his balls and finds some inner strength and shoots Laszlo. Shoots his hand off. Yeah. yeah. And they're able to escape. Woo! But also well, be no, arrested. Well, the feds show up. Right. The yeah. feds show up. Day of sex mocking at number one. Thank God. Uh, the feds show up and Jonathan and Mark are separated. Mm-hmm. Mark goes to the hospital where he can continue to shift into his vampire self mm-hmm. under the security of mm-hmm. a hospital. And insists, no, you're looking for the bald Hungarian vampire. Right. Which is slam over here. Right. Because nobody saw him. He's like, no, it's the bald Hungarian vampire. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Right. So he's like, well, we have to have a funeral for Laszlo because mm-hmm. Laszlo was sh- killed in the shootout with the feds. No, no, no. They take him to prison. No, 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 no. No, they take him to prison and apparent the story is that he pissed somebody off. Oh, okay. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they left him out in the exercise yard so he got crisped up in the sun. Like that's the dead. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like we have so he says we have to have a funeral because if they have a funeral, then the henchman lover will show up to the mm-hmm, funeral and mm-hmm. then we'll catch him. And he tells everyone it's like I need to be sure that he's dead. Right. So he does this thing to his like I'm going to play the hysterical queen card and like nobody reacts like he's being hysterical. It was weird. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, that seems reasonable. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> they're like, are you sure? And he's like, I'm going to pay for it. And they're like, well, we can't stop you. Like, so fine. I guess. He gets that, like, real also, sassy lawyer. Has anyone ever played the hysterical queen card and that's been, like, the card to play? <laughs> Only with other queens. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, anyway, the trap works. But come to find out it works too well. Laszlo is, of course, not dead. Nope. Uh, and he also shows up at his own funeral. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course. Yep. Uh, uh, everybody threatens everybody. Mark isn't alone in a room with... Everyone's like... He's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom or something. Or it's like, I'm going to go to this room. And the federal agents are like, that's fine. So he's alone in this room full of coffins. And then I loved that Slavomir just like comes out of a coffin. Yeah, I know. He was hiding in a coffin and it's just like <laughs> And then Laszlo shows up and then they're both trying to shoot him and then he uses his brain powers. Yeah. Uh. And he's able to like get his out get himself out of this situation. But then the feds show up. The feds show up, it's Daily fine. Sex machina number two. Boop, boop, boop. And of course they just know that Laszlo and Slavomir were the bad guys. Like because they, they're foreign, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, it should still look like Jonathan. Well, anyway, so finally, Jonathan is let free. He doesn't. He's not in prison anymore for crimes he didn't commit. He's able to see Mark in a hospital. They're, they're able to do it. They do it. Do it. Do it in the hospital. Yeah, like I mean, Mark is wounded. And like on a saline drip or a blood drip or something, and it's like, and Jonathan's just like, I'm just gonna jerk you off right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone enjoys it, but it's just like, oh, you're yeah. not. A good, oh, he like pulls out the IV, and then went, later when the doctor shows up, she's like, what happened to your IV? And Mark's like, yeah, indeed. Once he gets out of the hospital, coda to all of this. They move in together. There's money everywhere. It's fine. Uh, Mark becomes the hot thing in Chicago. In the Chicago art world. Um, and they're fine. Everything's fine. Oh, he's also the best art critic ever because he can read the artist's mind. <laughs> <Because> he- <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, 
I know what they I know what they wanted. I know what the intention was. I, I know what the intention was, and I know what actually ha- came out. Yeah, and, which is yeah. hilarious. Also, something that kind of cheesed me off is that, like, oh, all of a sudden he was thin like he always wanted to be and like that's part of a happy ending it's like oh no he doesn't need to learn to like be okay with the body that he has we're just gonna magically give him the body that society wants him to have yep and that's the happy ending 100 percent vampires yeah uh can i talk about the because i read the little novelette at the end can i talk about real fast Uh uh-huh so it starts off at a wedding Uh and they're at this wedding and then they decide to get married. And then they have a wedding. Ah! But the thing is, and I think some, like, the day, the, the day-to-day world building I found very interesting. And sort of like, okay, who's at your wedding? Are there vampires and, or like, V-positive and V-negative people? Because then you need to have two different menus. Right? And so then it's like, oh, okay, well, you need to have cake for your V-negative guests. You guys can't eat cake, so you have to hire a V-negative person to taste your cake for you. It's Allie! Or whatever her name is. The girl that, like, accidentally was the bait for Lazo or whatever. And she's like, oh, shit, guys. And they're like, we're sorry. We haven't talked to you or the other guys in so long. And she's like, no, I'm sorry because, like, I was British. And they're like, no, we totally understand. And their wedding partner's like... Okay, so we eat cake now? Anyway, they, they're going to have this, like, giant wedding because they're both famous now. And then they end up going into a movie theater and all of their friends and, like, the V-Love group people are there. And then they have a surprise wedding with, like, a grocery store sheet cake and whatever, whatever. And happily ever after the end. <laughs> like, that was it. This sounds unnecessary. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, like, 50 pages of, like, why? Oh, my God. Ugh. Okay. It was 50 pages of, like... The author really needed this for themselves. And sure, whatever, but I didn't need to read it. I would say, for me... Okay, honestly, I liked Mark. And and I thought, like... I thought he was an interesting main character to read. He wasn't, like... I wouldn't want to hang out with him. But I definitely enjoyed, like, reading him. Totally. Yeah. I would also say... um, I liked Jonathan, too. Oh, I did, too. He was on his shit. Yeah. He was like, oh, I took your bullet out, the bullet out of your stomach with, like, tweezers or whatever. Yeah, he also didn't put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, and it was obvious he liked Mark from the beginning, at least somehow, otherwise he wouldn't have dragged him through hell and gone to make sure he survived. Mm -hmm. But... And the world stuff, too, like vampire things, like I thought all of that was interesting. Um, And I did enjoy it. And I thought, uh, like, the problem of vampires living in society, I thought it was solved in a really neat way that I also enjoyed. Um, Things that bothered me. One, this was never really, really addressed. So Mark goes through a shit ton of pains to make sure he's not going to you know, contract the disease. Mm -hmm. And of course it comes out, he doesn't need to go through nearly as much pain as he's going through. So here's the thing is that like, he's like, Oh, it was just like all the wiping everything down, all of this, all of that. It was just, um, a ritual I had established to create distance between us, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, so like he doesn't need any of it. But then he goes to the grocery store and the V positive woman who's like handling food is wearing gloves and a face mask. And like, yeah, so, so you do still need some yeah, of it. So I was like, never. What are you doing? I ended up not being sure what you needed and what you didn't need. Like I was, re- it started to get really confusing. Like yeah. some things made sense. Like oh, there's different bathrooms and yeah. Like uh, you know, if you you should probably not stay in the same bed with somebody. Okay, great. 
but probably and also maybe not always true and we separate our food and stuff but also we can still touch but also we shouldn't touch each other without gloves but also we can no because i was like i was never really sure what the fuck i was supposed to be, like how this disease could be contract can't and like what it just didn't it start it started to not make any sense right i wanted at first i was like all the things that mark is doing is really interesting and like it's hard to live with somebody who's like that and that's really great nope he doesn't need to do nearly as much as he's doing what then what did he need to do and then we go see other the vlev people and they're Mm -hmm. doing about the same things he was doing like well then what do you need to do yeah and I just never understood, and I thought that was sloppy mm-hmm. and like lazy, yeah, um, which was upsetting. Also, and you like, and I talked about this on the train. I got to a moment where there's like people protesting at the funeral, um, and one of the, like there was a whole bunch of anti-abortion people, and they were upset because if a woman becomes pregnant when she's a vampire, it just sort of immediately like the fetus aborts itself like Mm -hmm. they just have a miscarriage yeah and that they had a problem with that but where i had a problem was i talked to you about it because there was like a lot of people who were upset who didn't want vampires to be able to adopt and i was like yeah i think that makes sense honestly (laughs) if this disease is so you could contract this disease through pores yeah, maybe like you shouldn't have to live in a bubble. Maybe you shouldn't have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe if you have to have an entirely different bathroom mm-hmm. for health reasons than the other people you live with, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to say to this. Because <laughs> and like, because so many times it felt like this book wanted to make a direct analog to um, to people with AIDS. Yeah. And sometimes it worked. And sometimes it really didn't work. And I was like, this is something different. So the thing that I would... Like, this is something that I want to talk about, too, with this book. Is that, like, I don't expect the narrative to just be like, this is this is an analog for AIDS, guys. Um, and in a lot of ways, this book did a good job without, like, telling you that that's what it was doing. Because if all the, all the V-positive people that we see are gay men... Uh, there was a black woman and there were kids that were like living on the fringe of society that I'm sure someone who were cozy in their, you know, their upper class house would be like, oh, they're probably, you know, like sharing needles and doing drugs. So it's like all the people that we see be V positive are communities that are statistically more likely to be HIV positive. And I was like, okay, great. Like you're drawing parallel and like the way that, um, society reacts to it like maybe that that girl working at the grocery store didn't need to be wearing a face mask but everyone else felt better because they knew she was positive and they and like oh well she should be wearing a face mask whether or not it actually does anything is just like for the comfort of everyone else kind of thing like okay great like i appreciate that you're drawing these parallels without like beating her us over the head with it what i didn't buy is that mark would never have drawn those parallels because this book was originally released in 2009 and if he was 40 in 2009 he was like an adult through the aids crisis and even if it was it was updated in 2018 i think so even if he's 42 in 2018 he was in his 20s in the 90s and this is my point of reference living in the bay area the bay area reporter published uh, their front page was like first day with no obits, which was the first day that they didn't have any obituaries related to AIDS. That was in 1998. So he was in his 20s in the 90s 
he would have been affected by this. Like, he would have seen parallels between HIV positive and V positive. And the fact that he didn't say anything about that, I found odd and kind of like, ugh. Well, and at first I almost thought maybe AIDS isn't a thing. But then it gets brought up a couple times. Yeah, right away. And yeah. I was like, oh, nope, it's a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just, oh, no, I agree. I was absolutely in the same place. Like, uh, and that, that made it frustrating. Um, I mean, and also, like, but just like you say, like, the fringes of society, those people who are most likely to still be contracting HIV mm-hmm. are the people who have this vampire virus. Right. And I thought that makes total sense. And we, you know, see how this, like, living through it and loving somebody who is positive works. Mm-hmm. And, but then also, the entire commercial field seems to be catering to people who had. Right. So there's absolutely actually not just the fringes right <laughs> like like yeah. there's like fashion has changed because there are enough vampires out there that it's made it sexy right um there's whole aisles just for vampires in grocery stores there are also multiple aisles for like antiviral right wipes antiviral gloves yeah like there's well, but I mean, this is capitalism. If people can make money off of it, they're going to make money off of it. No, true. And if people are afraid and think that if they throw money at the problem, they won't have to be afraid anymore. Like, people are going to take advantage true, of it. True, but I mean, just the water aisle. Yeah. Like, the the very first thing they bring up is, like, although it was kind of weird because it didn't say that vampires drank water for a really long time. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why is there, like, beef-flavored water? What the right. hell is it? Why is that the vampire aisle? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I, I really wanted... I mean, later it made sense, but I was like, right, oh, you right. should have brought that up way sooner. <laughs> <laughs> that they could still get dehydrated seems important to me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't drink... You can't eat bread, so maybe you want to drink something that tastes like it. Super makes sense. A whole aisle, though, devoted to flavored waters, and and I and like um, synthetic blood, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that goes beyond just uh, because if such a large percentage of people who contract the disease still die, mm-hmm. then it seems like there's still going to be a small percentage of people who actually survive it. Yeah. So, but if they're catering that much to that demographic Mm -hmm. without having a separate store or without like sending them off to an island to live alone Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna have to say it's a much wider demographic yeah that that would imply that if there are enough people surviving it that they get a whole aisle in the grocery store then there's a 85 percent more people who have contracted the virus and died yeah so it's just like every like everybody right. everybody has it right but it's also like it's all over their televisions yeah like it's all part of their like culture because they're like they're watching soap operas with it like they're <gasps> that's right yeah there was that soap opera. also something i forgot to mention about the the thing at the end the novelette at the end his his mind reading powers come up like twice <laughs> it's like the author's like oh i forgot i did that um Vanilla tastes good, I guess. I, like, it was done. It was yeah, done. it was like... Yeah, it was convenient when he had yeah. those powers, too. It was like... Because the author was like, God, I wish I'd done the split perspective. I can't now. Well, I guess we'll have him have, re- be able to read people's minds. Anyway, anyway. That's that book. That's that book. That's that book. Hey, listeners of FMK Lit. Are you dying to talk about your menstrual cycle? Do you want to share the pain of period cramps? Are you constantly imitating the sound your menstrual cup makes when you take it out of your vagina? Like this? 
Wow. That's the one. Wouldn't it be nice to have more people to talk to about all that stuff? Well, now you do. Check out Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. It's like a gossipy sleepover with your three new best friends, Meg, Kate, and Meg. That's us. We are here to demystify, bitch about, and laugh at our periods. We do research, interview fellow bleeders, and we make up dumb songs all about menstruation. So check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And remember, keep calm and bleed everywhere. Sink your teeth into the first novel of the number one New York Times best-selling Suki Stackhouse series. <laughs> the books that gave life to the dead and inspired the HBO original series True Blood. Barf. Suki Stackhouse is a small... Suki. Suki, Suki now. Sorry. Not Suki. Suki. It's spelled like Suki. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's like... Whatever. Anyway, Suke Stackhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a small town cocktail waitress in a small town uh, in small town Botan, uh, uh, Louisiana. She's quiet, doesn't get out much, and tends to mind her own business, except when it comes to her quote unquote disability. I'm just going to say Suki. I'm sorry. Suki. <laughs> Suki can read minds, and that doesn't make her, um, and that doesn't make her dateable. Then along comes Bill Compton. He's tall, dark, handsome, and Suki can't wait to hear a, to, can't wait to hear a word he's thinking. He's exa- uh, can't hear a word he's thinking. Sorry. He's exactly the type of guy she's been waiting for all her life. But Bill has a disability of his own. He's a vampire with a bad reputation. And when a string of murders hits Bolton, along with a gang of truly nasty bloodsuckers looking for Bill, Suki starts to wonder if having a vampire for a boyfriend is such a bright idea. So that's what the book says happens. What happens to Suki? 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 Um... So what happens? So that's I mean like that's kind of more or less it. The end. No. Um first of all, here's another situation of the author saying something and not proving it to be true. She the author or Suke, who's the narrator, because it's a first person's perspective, is like, everyone thinks I'm simple. Because she reads mine, so she sort of like distances herself from people and then also the mental energy it takes her to sort of put up a barrier to keep from listening to other people's thoughts takes up a lot of her concentration so she can only concentrate on like one other thing at a time kind of thing and she's like oh because of this everybody thinks i'm simple nobody treats her like that everybody treats her like a normal person they're just like oh you're that nice waitress how's it going nice to see you today suki how's life how's things how's your grandma Like, nobody treats her like she's, quote, simple. And then also the fact that she calls it a, quote, disability, like... (sighs) Considering it it actually does disable her because she can't do other things, I agree. I guess. I mean, you just... I think we're so trained to think of it as an ability that's, like, extra. Like, but because she has to spend so much of her time, like trying to dampen it or do Mm -hmm. whatever i get it yeah but then she uses it to solve a murder yeah but again like she didn't know that's what she was going to do Uh, whatever anyway (laughs) and she stops calling it a disability after she solves the murder yeah so she's a waitress in a little town in louisiana which of course is called bon ton um and 
it's one of those towns where like her brother is friends with the sheriff that they went to high school with. Like everybody knows each other. Um, she lives with her grandma. Um, and the brother lives in the parents' house because both of the parents died. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. This is my life. Mm, sure. And then a vampire shows up at the bar where she works. And she's, like, super horny to meet a vampire. And we don't really understand why until later when it's like, oh, she loves learning new things and experiencing new things. So, like, having a vampire is super interesting to her. But she doesn't say that right away. So she's like, a vampire showed up. Oh, my God, it's a vampire. Oh, my God. Like, she doesn't explain. Anyway. Um, and then he leaves. And then this, like, couple leaves, too. And she's like, oh, that's weird. I don't know why. I don't remember why. Anyway, she walks in. She reads their minds. Sure, whatever. <laughs> no, it's important for the plot. She reads their minds. And in their minds, they she hears right away that they're, that uh, there's a market for vampire blood. Because, because if you drink it, you get real high. But it also makes you crazy. Right. And so, well, just like meth. So Sure. So they're and they're going, in, you know, the rural south. So Right. And meth. so they're interacting with a vampire at her bar. And she overhears, she overhears their thoughts. Because they're bad people she doesn't trust. So she kind of reads into what they're thinking, mm-hmm. and she hears that that's what they do. And so when they all leave together before she can pay attention to what's happening, she knows, like, that's what they're going to go do. They're going to go kill him and drain his blood. Okay, so then she goes and she stops them, and then he's she saves him, and then he saves her whatever. Turns out uh, his family is originally from there. So he's, like, back and wants to, quote, go mainstream. Okay, so... In this world, everyone knows about vampires, and, like, the PC thing to say is that it is a virus. Again, like, it's a disease that makes you, you know, um, uh, nighttime. What it is when you... <laughs> no, like, uh... Allergic when... to the sun? No, when you go out at night. Nocturnal! Woof! <laughs> okay. So it makes you nocturnal and, like, need to drink blood and super strong and whatever. Just like in the other book. Just like in the other book. But you, this, you can only get it if, like, a vampire drinks all your blood and then gives you some of their blood or something. Like, they have to, like, decide to, and then a, a lot of people don't survive it. Um, so she's like, oh, and vampires also can, like, control minds, sort of. Um, glamour. They use glamours, which don't work on her, and then also she can't read his thoughts. So she's like, oh my god, I want to fuck him real bad. <laughs> and she does bring up, like, the, the scene where she's explaining why she hasn't had sex a lot. Ever? At all. Yeah, she's never had sex. She's had, like... She's fooled around a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it, like... She's like, yeah, trying to have sex with someone while hearing their thoughts about you is not fun. I'm, you know, sometimes, I'm sure. Like, apparently nobody that she was ever with was thinking about how hot she was. So I don't know. Um, so she's like, oh, I can't hear what he's thinking, so I want to get in his pants. Um, and the grandma's like, I want to hear about during the Civil War! Were you alive? So, oh, okay, also... So everybody was like, the Civil War was super great. Remember that, guys? Everything was super cool during the Civil War. Um, And then also, there's a lot of racism in this book. 
And, like, Suki's just like, oh, yeah, they're racist. Moving on. And, like, she doesn't have any judgment about it. So I'm a little suspicious of her intentions. Anyway, so Bill the Vampire... And she has a moment, too. She's like, he's a vampire. Like, the, I finally get to meet a vampire in this tiny little town. His name is Bill. I love... She's a, she's a little disappointed. She, no, and she laughs hard. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And, and, like, every once in a while, it'll come up like, of course, Bill the vampire, super fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, then, and she makes a big joke about it all the time. Right. And then the other vampires we meet are, like, Eric, Pam. You know, like... Those are the names that people have. Yeah. You know, is, anyway. And then she even says, like, I thought you'd all be Antoine or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they start hanging out, and the grandma gives her blessing, I guess. Um, and then uh, some of his friends show up, these three other vampires that don't want to go mainstream. And I didn't even finish this thought. Going, going mainstream basically means, like, you put down roots and interact with humans. So these three friends show up, and they're like, hey, come on over, and Suki comes over, too, and we find out Suki has a weird thing about PDA. Like, seeing other people's PDA makes her physically ill, and one of those things was a hand job. Like, they were in a room full of people, and this woman was giving a guy a hand job, and like, yeah, I don't want to see that either. But the first time we saw it, it was two men kissing, and she felt physically ill, and I'm like, mm-mm, I'm on the watch for you. I have a very strong point about the representation of queer people in this book that we're going to get into later. That is fair. It is yeah. fair. Uh, just to give everyone a heads up, we talk about Sino-AIDS. Anyway. So she meets these other vampires and, like, they're not great. And they all want to eat her. Um, and then they kind of, they're like, there's something different about her. What's going on? So they can, like, sort of pick up on the fact that she can read minds, that she's a telepath. Um, and she can't read any of their minds. She can't read vampires' brains, except for the couple times that she does, because it's convenient for the plot. Um, and then she's like, oh, that was spooky. And he's like, yeah, I don't really like hanging out with him anymore, but, like, we used to be friends, so, like, (laughs) you know, it's fine. And then murders start happening. A lot of murders. A lot of murders. murders. It's weird how many... It's unsettling how many murders there are. Young women who are known to have um, had relationships with vampires. Also, people who are into vampires are called fangbangers. God. Oh, God. And she's so... She looks down on every single one of them because they meet some at that bar and she's like, all these people are terrible garbage people. I'm just like, okay, sure. Um, so young women who are known to have, if not being, quote, fangbangers, have been sexually involved with vampires show up, like, beaten, drained of blood, bite marks all over them, kind of torn up a little bit. And raped. And raped. They don't say raped ever in the book, but... Like, right. and that was something I was upset about, too. Like, she she says they're described as having had sex right before and right after they died. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, so they were raped a lot? They yeah. were raped a lot. They were raped a lot. And then, of course, like, all of, all of them are also, all of these women who die are also sort of, like, known around town. Like, you know, they, they're women who, they're women in a small town, so, like, they get around whatever it's fine um and one of them was kind of into like rough sex a little bit 
And Suki's just like, oh, these poor women leading these terrible, terrible lives. Mm. I was like, calm down, girl. <laughs> anyway, the townsfolk are convinced that it's vampires. At this point, everyone sort of knows Bill. And they're like, oh, well, vampires are terrible. Bill's okay. So then they go and kill all the other vampires, including a vampire who was visiting from New Orleans, and there was like a human there too, but they like set the building on fire and they all died. And she thought Bill was there. Bill wasn't there. It was fine. He's still unalive. Realive. (laughs) Whatever. So then they have to solve these murders, right? Also, they get a notification. They're meant to... Oh, they go to the vampire bar to ask around, be like, oh, did anybody here know this girl who just showed up dead? That's where they meet Eric and Pam, <laughs> who are like the head vampires. And because Eric is the oldest vampire in the region, he's in charge. So, but there are also very strict rules about like, oh, because Bill has claimed Suki as his, no one can try and bite her or anything or like do any or try and kill her or anything. But because Eric is older, Bill still has to like defer to him for certain things and blah, blah, blah. There's a whole thing. And then, um, basically she makes a deal with him, with Eric. That's basically like, Oh, leave Bill alone and I'll do stuff for you. Cause I can read minds, I guess. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> People keep getting murdered. At one point, everybody thinks it's her brother because he's had sex with some of these women. And there's, like, a videotape of him having very rough sex with one of the women who shows up dead. And I was like, well, obviously he's a murderer if you have rough sex. I'm like, nope. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Bill has to go away to investigate something. So he brings in this other vampire who, like, didn't get turned quite right. Yeah, I love this part. I love this part. He was dying. And his, you know, some vampire happened to be around where he, when he was, like, dying in the hospital. And so they, like, turned him, but they kind of botched it. And now he's, like, quote, simple. His name is Bubba. It's Elvis. <laughs> it's Elvis Presley is now a vampire, but the vampires are embarrassed of him because he's, quote, simple. So now he, like, lives outside of Suki's house to watch her. Oh, because her grandma gets killed, too. While she's out, someone comes in and kills her grandma. Yeah. It's fine. Um, It's fine. Whatever. So Elvis Presley is outside of her house, like, eating cats, right? Yeah. Woodland critters. He drinks their blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he survives. Whatever. Um, And then something, there's a a bump in the night, and um, someone has uh, put him out of commission. And then she's like, oh, there's somebody in the house. So she's running through the graveyard by her house. I don't know why there's a graveyard near her house, but there is. She's running through the graveyard and she realized that it's her brother's friend who basically is like, all women are whores, especially women who sleep with vampires. So now I get to rape them and kill them because they're terrible people. And she and she's, you know, reading this in his mind and then she stops him and they solve the murders and everything's fine. <laughs> As you can tell by the tone of my voice, I didn't particularly appreciate this book. Oh, no. The plot points, I'm like, okay, this is all interesting. Issues I had with this book. Uh-huh. One, the representation of queer characters in this novel is deplorable. There are three gay men. One of them is the cook at the bar. His name is Lafayette. 
Uh, he's there to wear makeup and be like, damn, Suki, you look good. Because she starts drinking Bill's blood. So now she like looks prettier. Also, oh, I forgot to mention Sam, her boss. Like they have a whole will they, won't they thing. Out of nowhere, like she's not attracted to him at all. And then all of a sudden she is. And then there's one point where she's like, I'm going to read your brain. And he like puts a barrier up. And she's like, oh, that's weird. And doesn't think about it again for like 150 pages. <laughs> Turns out he's a shapeshifter. Uh-huh. And so he can't, he knows to like block out her mind reading powers. She doesn't question this at all. And then like, he's not described as being a very, um, attractive person. And just out of nowhere, she's th considering him versus Bill for no reason. It was dumb. <laughs> anyway, going back to the queer characters. So there are three characters. There's Lafayette, who's just like, oh, damn, girl, you get highlights? And then there are two gay vampires. Well, there's a gay vampire and the guy he's making out with. Right. The vampire is one of the evil vampires. The guy he's making out with is also wearing a shit ton of makeup. And Suki's able to read his brain. He has Sino-Aids. What is Sino-Aids? Sino means from China. Sino-Aids is not a real thing. But Sino-Aids is super duper AIDS that can actually kill vampires. So after this guy's boyfriend gave him Sino-Aids after sleeping with a vampire, I guess, this guy goes around sleeping with vampires and letting them drink his blood so he can get give them Sino-Aids before he dies. Uh. And then they kill him the end. Those are all the queer characters. That's great. Um, every woman in this book except for the grandmother and Suki, is like, oh, she's cool this reason, but. Like, the lady vampire that's friends with the, the gay, the you know, the other ones. I forget her name. It's like, oh, she's real pretty, but she's wearing that really tacky outfit. Oh, Arlene, that waitress I work with, she's really nice, but she's a slut. Oh, that other waitress, she's really nice, but she's dumb as a box of hair. Every single woman has a qualifying negative quality about them, except the grandma. It drove me crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. No, I can see that now yeah. that you're pointing. Like, it didn't feel like a butt all the time to me. I guess I understand that. It, was, it wasn't often in the same sentence. Like, the waitress who, not Arlene, but the other waitress who showed up because the other waitress got killed. Um, when she first showed up, Suki was like, oh, we were so great to have her around because she had worked bef with us before and she was really great. And then the next time we see her, it's like, oh, well, she was really dumb. So, like, she could only handle so many tables at a time. Yeah, I can like, see that. Every single female character except the grandma had this qualifier of, like, here's maybe this good thing about... Except one of the girls that got killed, the, the one that worked at the gas station, Suki's kind of like, everybody sleeps with her. I don't get it. She's not pretty. Yeah. It was icky and gross. Yeah, no, that I was... I really didn't like there it. There was a lot of that. I would say... I, some of it... I can see I can see that now. Like, I, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I will say, when I was reading it, it didn't... God, maybe I'm just immune to it, and which mm -hmm. is upsetting and sad. But also, some of it genuinely didn't feel that way. Like, she would describe one of the waitresses there who had, like been married a couple of times. Arlene. Arlene. Yeah. It it's didn't like, it didn't feel like it was a butt. It just felt like, oh, this is also her life. Like and it's this small town life where somebody gets married a bunch of times and has right, kids. But like, there are certain moments just sort of like, oh well Arlene knows a lot more about sex than I do. But it it wasn't just like, oh, because she has more experience. It's like, oh well you, Arlene knows a lot more about sex than I do. Yeah. It felt very pointed. Yeah, I, I get that. I am <sighs> 
I think my argument here isn't that uh, I, it's that I agree with you. I'm mm-hmm. not disagreeing with I you. I love your argument. <laughs> I think what I mean to say is that uh, all views of sex in this book were on the negative. Yes, that's there was true. like sex was not a positive in this yeah. book. Like it was something even social- something that she wanted. She wanted no, no, and that's what I'm saying. Even it's though so it's weird. like socially necessary, and mm-hmm. she understood that, and it was something she did want to do. It was also that, and everybody all the time was asking like, when are you going to get a boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, like all of that, but everything tied to sex was dangerous or gross or awful. Yeah, which I also thought was really bizarre. I did too. Until we got to the moment where she talked about being molested. And Mm. then I wondered if this was written from the viewpoint of somebody who understood that. Yeah. (laughs) And had a very awkward relationship themselves with sex. Where they saw sex as a positive, but outside, but like not something that they themselves would ever be able to to take part in mm-hmm. in the same way and that they didn't trust people who liked sex and that sex was on the whole like it brought disease it brought like like in a lot of like i was surprised when i saw that this book came out in 2001 mm-hmm. it felt like a book that was probably written in the in 1995 yeah and that it had just been waiting to be published mm-hmm. it felt like a 1995 book yeah um it felt pre 911 mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt uh it felt pre like under it felt like a direct response to interview with a vampire mm-hmm. um and wanting to be funny and wanting to be humorous and wanting to be from a woman's point of view and wanting to be like from the point of view of actual south instead of made up and rice yeah, south yeah, yeah. like that's what this book felt like it was a response to mm-hmm. but that it just then sat on a shelf for a long time so that it had an idea about aids but didn't actually go through with it right that it had an idea well it this book alerted all of us to the danger of sino aids <laughs> and now we know to worry about it <laughs> i honestly just thought it was something this book made up i didn't know it, it is yes right. it made it up yeah but like why? I don't know. Just, just why? There's also vampires and werewolves, probably. I don't know. Right, but... <laughs> writing a book about vampires isn't going to, like, marginalize a community going through a crisis? No, 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 no. And I understand. So... Which also makes me feel like this was written by a straight woman yeah. who didn't interact with that community mm-hmm. in 1995 mm-hmm. when she was only seeing fr- seeing it from the outside. Yeah. Like, that's exactly... And who had herself... Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't mean to like make assumptions, but had herself had a very difficult relationship with sex mm-hmm. where she wanted to. And like the sex that she does have with Bill is dangerous sex. Like if there was ever like blood play as an idea of sex mm-hmm. that happens in this book. Uh, he bites himself at one point and then takes that blood on his finger and uh, fingers her with fingers it. her with it. And then she is like has superpowers for right. two days. Yeah. Right. Um, that is true. I did appreciate that. Like, I didn't enjoy it, but I'm like, you went there. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and like the whole sex in the, uh, sex in the grave, 
Like, that was fun and exciting, but honestly, all of the sex was dangerous Mm. because Bill is not like the other vampires we've read where they're holding back because they love you. Bill cannot hold back. Yeah. And he only, like, the amount of times this character says no, I appreciate that Bill listens. Yes. (laughs) I appreciate the hell out of the fact that all of their sex was consensual, Mm -hmm. but it is also barely consensual yeah and it sometimes it gets a little rapey yeah and like and not in the way we've talked about other books getting rapey where it's like straight up bill cannot control himself because he has an animal side because Mm -hmm. sex is an animal thing because sex is something you can't trust yeah another issue that i had with this book is through this whole book okay um as someone like she has this quote disability which she stops calling a disability you know like she she sees herself as someone marginalized from community from her community and then also like she's in the small town in the south and like all the everything that goes along with that you know like none of these people have a lot of money blah 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 so she sees herself as being in a marginalized community which is true but two things one she doesn't have empathy for any other marginalized community the way that she interacts with queer people black people like she doesn't see the similarity in their situations and then also she's very quick to judge other people for not being educated or for being poorer than yeah 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 yeah. or that terrible couple that were trying to kill bill at the beginning they're, they're the only characters we see that live in a trailer. And, like, the fact that they live in a trailer means that they're the sort of person that would do that. Yeah, and, I would, and like, every time she talked about not having money, here's the thing. When her parents died, they owned their house, and they mm-hmm. had cash, and they were able to mm-hmm. give it to them. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother lives on, like, sure, maybe it's run down, and they owe a lot of property taxes, and she mm-hmm. talks about that. It is still a portion of an old plantation. Yeah. And it is still, like... A large amount of land, and the that reason she inherits. Well, and the reason it's so close to a graveyard, which is a question you asked, is because they live between three plantations, and mm. that's where they buried their dead. Yeah, like that's why, like because you would have a private plantation or a private cemetery yeah. among your plantations, and where Bill, you know, which is just like the next plantation over, yeah. uh, is also a plantation. Yeah, and one of the first things that uh, grandma wants to talk about is whether or not her family owns slaves. Like, mm-hmm. and she wants to talk about it. And it's not as like a, it's not like if you were, let's say from Nazi Germany. And of course your grandparents probably worked across concentration camp. Would you, as one of their descendants go, oh, how many Jews did they kill? <laughs> like, but Ugh. in this particular version of the South, mm-hmm. like, it's very much like, how many slaves did my grandfather have? Yeah, it's like, oh, this is gross. She was part of a social organization called the Daughters of the Glorious Dead. Yeah. Which, like, and Bill makes it, he's like, no, don't, no. <laughs> but they're just, like, super horny about the South. Yeah, the but that was one thing I appreciated Ugh. because Bill had lived through the civil war and he goes to talk about it and makes it real for them Mm -hmm. they all leave sad and upset and actually feeling the realness of that war instead of just the glorious no opinions about it no no opinions no opinions about that no opinions about there's a there's a scene where the the bad vampires come in and the 
the black lady vampire and the gay guy vampire go both give Bill a kiss in the middle of, of the bar. And she's like, I don't know which one offended them most. Moving on. It's like, what? Uh, you're just going to leave it there and not give us your opinion on it? Oh, you probably just think it's fine because you don't feel empathy towards other marginalized communities. That's right, fine. right. Anyway, it, did, that's all I have. Do you have anything else? <laughs> I mean, so we kind of hinted on this a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of this book that I did genuinely enjoy and I laughed out loud or I found funny. Like, in a large part because I did not enjoy Interview with a Vampire. Mm. And uh, I didn't enjoy, and I didn't enjoy like the high, like, for, you know, I don't know. Like there was just a lot of, about the, that kind of book I don't like. And I did like the, Suki's funny and like. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> My opinion. Sure, sure. Claire's turn to have an opinion. No. <laughs> I found Suki funny every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I enjoyed that elevated sense of humor. I also enjoyed, like, the danger of the world. Like, the stakes mm-hmm. were high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't enjoy the mystery. Um, yeah. Like, who was killing all these ladies? That was a side plot and unimportant to the yeah, main romance. The murder mystery was like the C plot. Yeah, despite how awful it was. I did enjoy Suki, Suki's remote emotional reactions to her grandmother's death and the mm-hmm. death of her cat. Like, I thought that was felt really That's right, realistic. I also enjoyed that she was, she'd put the brakes on the relationship between her and Bill. She was like, mm-hmm. hey, I think I'm caring too much about you. I'm investing too much of my life in you, and we just met. You need to go back to your house and you need to chill out and not call me for a couple of days and wait for me to kind of think if I want this. Is the next thing that happens after that that he has to save her from something? It's a couple of days, but okay. no. Okay, because that's usually what happens in these in romance novels. When yeah. It's like, I need space. That means she's about to be rescued. Right. And but- her... her- wants and desires are going to be completely dismissed by plot. I think she genuinely gets space when she asks for okay, it. Okay, well, good. And I think she's the one who initiates coming back and asking, like, well, can we, like, okay. talk to each well, other? good. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, like, the first thing that happens is that, that fire. Like, Bill, she thinks Bill died. Mm-hmm. And so she has to go find Bill. Oh, so it's still plot making her change her mind. Well, plot makes everybody change their mind. I'm not going to fault it for that. Like, plot does a lot of stupid things. I'm not going to fault it for that. But plot, but it, it makes her change her mind in the moment because somebody she loves, regardless of the reasons, may be hurt. Mm. And she spends time with them, but also still says, but like, we're still kind of like in a weird space. <laughs> plot makes him go to New Orleans and not be there for any fucking reason that then, I can tell. Yeah, he came back and was like, oh, I needed to ask. Eric about this thing or something like it was pointless it was a super pointless thing that he had to go to New Orleans for yeah and I was like oh it actually would have been more helpful if you were there yeah during this part of the book I mean I appreciate that she had to solve her own problem yeah she did and here's what I here's what I hate it's not a mystery if it solves itself yeah. Which, and I hate mystery books when they do this. We're like, oh, what's happening with all these murders? And the investigator investigates and they try to find things out. They run into a roadblock and then the murderer just shows up. Yeah. Fuck that book. I hate it when that shit happens. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like, that's beyond Deus as Machina. That's like, oh, tired of writing. So- <laughs> just want to wrap it up. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And I hated that. And I was like, honestly, we could have also picked a way more interesting murderer. Yeah. yeah we just picked the Vietnam vet who couldn't get his shit together. Ugh. Yeah. So anyway, I enjoyed reading this book. You are absolutely correct on all things. It's made me rethink a lot of my feelings about the book. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't argue with you on yeah. any of those particular points. And I agree. There are parts of it that I'd enjoy reading. I was like, okay, you like it, despite from, despite, that's not a word, despite the issues that I brought up, she is a person. It's like, you know, like, you got your shit together, you don't necessarily know what you want, but you know that you don't know, and that's, like, something you need to work towards, and that's what you do, and, like, she's kind of a badass in a lot of ways, and I really appreciate that, but... I I think with some slight pushes or nudges, like, it would have probably been a book that you would have enjoyed reading a lot more right 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 i think if this book had been more her being like guys just because these women enjoyed having sex doesn't mean that they deserve to get murdered right also or like nobody's paying this the attention that they should i'm going to take it on myself the terrible disturbing part where her brother pissed that the grandmother that Suki's been taking care of her whole life. That was so like dumb. smacks her across the f- smacks yeah. Suki across the face because Suki Suki uh, got the entire plantation and is like and he has the parents' it. house and he has the parents' house. They both have houses like, now, but he still slaps her. He slaps her hard For enough no to leave reason. a bruise that stays through the funeral, and she forgives him right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. And I wanted, like, if if I could, if I were writing in the margins, if I were returning this book to the library, I'd circle that part and go, no, ladies, you do not have to forgive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, sometimes she reads vampires' brains, despite the fact that she's not supposed to. Yeah, that was uh, the world not being built properly. Anyway, that was that book. That was that book. That was that book. Let's fuck, Mary kill. Let's play fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Claire. Yes. Can I go first? Uh-huh. Okay. I have a real one and a funny one. Which one do you want? Oh, do the funny one. Okay. Uh, Claire. Uh-huh. Fuck, Mary kill. The members of the V-Love support group. Uh-huh. All the waitresses at Merlot's. <laughs> which is the bar where Suki worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Hungarian vampires. Ooh. Ooh. I want to fuck Hungarian vampires. That's fair. They all seem hot. Um, <laughs> like my rippling abs. That, that Slavomir wasn't hot. No, he was. Well, I think the only description of him not being hot, he had his teeth were bigger than everybody else's, and he was bald. Other than that, he was pretty good looking. Okay, maybe I just pictured him a certain way. I think they leaned heavily on the bald to make you feel certain things about it. Okay. So that also that you f- know for sure that he was less attractive than Jonathan. Because mm, Jonathan has very long hair. Yeah, yeah. Like and like you just feel bad for the bald. But I don't know. There are some guys that look real good bald. I know. Ooh. I'm assuming he actually looks real good bald. We're just gonna say yes. Yes. Also. Three hundred. You, you can play mind games with him. Uh oh yeah. Also like uh three so uh, like foursome uh-huh. with three real hot Hungarian vampires that might kill you. Well, we're fucking. It's fine. No, I mean like fucking them might kill you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll figure okay. it out. I'm not worried. <laughs> Go down trying. Yeah, yeah. 
we'll make it happen. Okay. Um, and I would say I'm going to marry the V-Love support group. Mm-hmm. Because they were genuinely supportive. They were super supportive. I, I also felt like they were like the kids on hate who just happened to have a really good like apartment. Like, yeah. oh, I wanted to give them hugs and say yeah. it's going to be okay, babies. And they all seemed... Developed. Oh yeah. Like no. there were there were a lot of them and they only showed up for a certain amount of time that I like kinda got them confused. But there was like oh one of the members who she used she was an honorary member because she used to be negative but now she's positive and there's another member whose lover was in like stage three and they were waiting to see if he would make it or not, which he didn't and like yep. they have the um the the witch hazel. Yeah. Uh, like they would to to go out and do things. They all had this like leather jacket and blonde wig that they would share. So one of they would like take turns going out to like make you know secret contact with people as a witch hazel. Yeah, and they were they were smart. They had that uh, ice cream van. They had an ice cream van. <laughs> they were they seemed really smart. They knew mm-hmm. what they were about. They stayed connected so with the world. Very accepting. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's exactly who you should marry. Yep. Um, which unfortunately means I have to kill everybody in that bar. Just the waitresses. Just the waitresses. I liked Arlene. Well, according to Suki Sackhouse, was... they are living a shit life. Yeah. They just put them out of their misery. Yeah. That's what that's what uh, she wants me to do. It's fair. They're lovely, but they're all whores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're stupid. <laughs> oh, they're so lovely, but stupid. Yeah. I agree with you. I would do all those same things for those exact same reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah. like, Jonathan was pretty damn great. And Lazo sounded hot. <laughs> and now you've convinced me that Slavomir was hot too. So like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then the Vila folk were super nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, okay. excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Fuck, Mary kill. Uh, the type of vampirism that you see in the first book we read, Hemivore. Okay. The well, type of vampirism you see in our second vampire Southern mm-hmm. Vampires Mysteries book. Or the type of vampirism you see in um, Dracula. Okay. 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 I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to fuck the type of vampirism in Dead Until Dark because um, it made you hot and you had to like decide to make someone a vampire so you didn't have to worry about that Um, it wasn't great about like how kind of possessive and rapey he got um, and also, oh, the other thing, vampires are another marginalized community. Like a lot of them have separated themselves from society because they don't feel safe. Yeah. And so he doesn't have any, no empathy for them at all. And the, the number of like, well, d- actual dangerous vampires versus the number of nice vampires that she meets are about even. Yeah. Cause there's those three evil ones versus Bill, Bubba, and then that cute kid who was visiting from New Orleans before he died. Right. So it's like, obviously there are nicer vampire. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. So I'm going to fuck that. Um, I'm going to marry Dracula vampirism mm-hmm. because then I could turn into a bat. <laughs> I can mind control people and I can live in a gothic castle. Yes. And those are all things that I want. And I'm going to kill the type of vampirism in Hemovore because it kills a bunch of people and I don't like that. I found that type of vampirism 
very interesting to read about. Like, it, it was different from other vampirisms that I have read before, and I really appreciated that. Yes. But if I have to interact with it, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I would have to say I would, um, I would also kill that particular type mm-hmm. of vampirism. I also thought it was really interesting. Yeah. But highly problematic as far as, like, you know, like, the, all of the ways we had to get to to get them to have sex... I was like, wow, you, you didn't have to make it this hard. Right. Like, for... Right. <laughs> but also... Yeah. As, like, an analog for, like, positive people who are in love with people who are negative HIV status-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also kind of get where they were going. Mm-hmm. Even separating that, it's like, yeah, they're they're glamorous and they have these superpowers, but they have to constantly be thinking about their caloric intake. They can't eat food anymore. And it's not even just, like... Oh, they can't like they will become violently ill yeah. if they eat food. So it's like you get all these great things, but there's a cost to it. Whereas with a lot of other things, it's like oh, but you have to drink blood, and all the vampires are like, great, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So the the cost benefit there was a you know like there was a cost to this, and I appreciated that. Yeah. No. So um, I think I'm gonna kill that kind. I Fair. think I'm going to marry the uh, Suki Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. version um mm-hmm. if only because i thought it was sexy um like i felt like i like the kind of amoral version of those vampires was really interesting mm-hmm. that they were so separated from humanity they just even bill who tried to stay connected to humanity mm-hmm. was having a really hard time like yeah i think one of my favorite parts was her cat comes up and asks for pets and like kind of rubs up on bill and bill's like do you like this cat and she's like oh i love this cat this is my cat he's like hmm and he makes a decision right then not gonna kill this cat <laughs> <laughs> yes, I see. Okay. Got it, got it. Not kill this Not cat. Kill this cat. <laughs> like and I but other than that, like when other people would die around her, he's like, Are you sad about that? And she's like, Yeah. Why? And she's like, Death is sad. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's I right. remember. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that was another thing that I found interesting is that like he was just like it's it's interesting from a narrative standpoint in that like being a vampire is just so different from being a human that he's like oh wait people get sad about this kind of thing right you're set okay sure like but to like have a relationship with someone who like doesn't understand your feelings is not right a great but see place to and be. this is actually and i'm glad we brought this up this is actually the, the thing i found most disgusting about the book because the point that she is making is that to have society accept you you must change yourself as much as possible and ingratiate yourself into society Mm -hmm. and that that was like what bill has to do he has to buy their real estate he has to live in public he has to like do the things that he has to he has to play like his little vaudeville you know like humanity acts for them show up and be be, like "Mm, this is what happened in the civil war right to be accepted and that if you don't try to do those things Mm -hmm. you it's your own fault and you don't belong and all the people who rebelled against that ended up dead Yep. Every single one. Vampires and humans. Yep. And that was something I genuinely did find terrible in the book and hated. Okay, but um, I'm also going to uh, just fuck the type of Dracula 
vampirism. Mm-hmm. I've never liked it. I've always felt like that particular type of vampirism is very much about the foreigner who's going to come and rape our white ladies. But the glamour in that one is much like higher. <laughs> right. I mean, if we're going to talk about problematic things, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, we're not reading that book anyway. <laughs> Good. Uh, so of all the characters, uh-huh. who'd you fuck, who'd you marry, who'd you kill? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So I think I would totally marry Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Like he's super hot. He's mm-hmm. an artist. He's soups rich. Yeah. He knows what's what. He yeah, he seems to fuck real good. When All he these gets things. to the point that he starts making jokes and he has like his little smiles like I just made a joke. It's like mhm 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 mhm. I like it. Yep. Yeah, so I liked I like yeah, absolutely. Like marry Jonathan, let that guy take me away. Um <laughs> Vampirism, take me away. Take me away. Um, Sam as a character was unnecessary. He was. I would totally fuck him though. Uh, (laughs) And then he, when he turned into the dog, and like wormed his way into her bed. And so then when she woke up and he was a person, she's like. You watch me change. What's wrong with you? I totally agree with her. That is okay. not okay. But on the other hand, uh, being a shapeshifter, he's figured out how to do it. Runs a business. Lives in the South just fine. Doesn't need to run all this bullshit that she does about herself. And I'm fine with that. And also, the book describes him as kind of hot. And I have seen who plays him in this show, and he is super hot. Right. So fine. But then he like make makes passes at his employees. Look, it's not great. It's not. It's, but I don't I don't want to have sex with any of the vampires. I don't want to have sex with Miss Stackhouse. Like Miss Stackhouse. <laughs> no, I don't want to have sex with anybody else in that book. That's fair. And honestly, out of the other book, I kind of don't want to have sex with any of them either. No, that's fine. So I'm going with Sam. Okay. Um, as far as who would I kill? Mm, or I'm, re-kill. Uh, well, true, but I'm actually going to kill... Um, uh, Suki's brother. Oh. He was the worst of people. He was, yeah. Like, he was genuinely the worst. Um, uh, he was terrible as a human being, broke people's hearts, uh, participated in really violent pornography that I don't know if everybody was on board with doing. Because we didn't get it. to believe that they were. Sure, but we didn't get their perspective because they were dead. Because they were dead. <laughs> Because that's what she gets for uh, having... He know. hits his sister mm-hmm. and doesn't believe her when she says she was molested. Oh, that's right. It was the... And in fact, when he does was, believe was her... The uncle? the uncle. When yeah. he does believe her, he says, you should get over it. Yeah, he does. So, dead to me. That's fair. And you? Um, I would also marry Jonathan. <laughs> he was pretty great. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked him. Um, I would fuck Jason. Ooh. Suki's brother. Um, you so I I'd kill him. You'd fuck him? Yeah. <laughs> Here's why. Okay, I'm looking forward. Uh he seems to be good at the sex, and I don't care about his bullshit. I'm not trying to marry him or anything. <laughs> That's that was the problem is that like a lot of the young women in that town were just like, oh I gotta bag this guy so that you know like cause society tells me I need a husband and but also like having a dual income household in a low socioeconomic community is a good idea yeah. whatever whatever I don't care about marrying him I don't care about his feelings I don't care about any of that but apparently he's good in bed so I'm gonna fuck him why and not and real hot also there's not a single person who doesn't describe him as real Suki hot even Suki was like my brother's fucking hot I'm like are you okay 
like some it's one thing to be like oh yeah my my brother's really hot like women but just like she talked about it enough and in a certain way that it was like yeah when bill brings it up and is like did you ever do the you show me yours i'll show you mine with your brother and she's like no that's gross i was like honestly i was wondering too i I don't believe her when she says that she didn't do it anyway um and then i'd kill suki all right because i don't like her Sugar. 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 <laughs> so there's that. All right. Uh, Claire. Yeesh. You pick the books for next time. I did. I did. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> time right. for our favorite game. Right. Christine. Christine. Can yes. you guess? Yay. You always fuck it up, Claire. I always <laughs> fuck it up. There's never going to be a moment where I don't fuck it up. Uh, well, hopefully okay. our audience finds it charming. All right. So okay. here are the books. A Note in the Margin by Isabel Rowan mm-hmm. and Bookends by Jane Green. Well, it's writers, but we've already done romance Well, writers. we did romance writers. Yes. I mean... It's some kind of writer. Is it a specific kind of writer? Is it? Is it librarians? It is not. It is bookshops. <gasps> bookshops. Is so like the Tom Hanks. Mix- yeah, I was about to say, is one of these books the inspiration for You've Got Mail? <laughs> No, no, neither of these books is the inspiration for that. I would say both of these books, uh, after having read the synopses, both of these are, uh, in each book, our main character is going through sort of a life crisis, and they That's decide... That's when you buy a bookshop. Yep. That's why we almost bought a That's bookshop. That's why we almost bought a bookshop. Not almost bought a bookshop. That's why that, we talked about buying a bookshop. Endlessly. But so, like, yeah, they, uh, they uproot their lives, and they buy a bookshop. I'm really excited because you know how much I love bookshops. I know! Uh, I'm excited too. Um, I also love bookshops. And of course, it's like (sighs) romance in a bookshop. Whoa, shut up. Um, Romance. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I wake up every morning, by the way, when the alarm goes up. Whoa, shut up. (laughs) Um, Romance in a bookshop. It's kind of <sighs> like, okay, so I have several personal fantasies in my head, and ro- falling in love in a bookstore is one of them. I, there is a point in my life that I could have hooked up with a guy in a bookshop. I did give my phone number to a guy in a bookshop once. No, I mean, like, we would have taken things out <gasps> and done things to each other in the bookshop. I don't know if we'd taken things out. We probably would have just, like, made out in the bookshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll save that story for the episode. Looking forward. It's a very unsatisfying story. All right. Well, I think. Great. I'm very excited. Oh, the. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Claire. Very quickly. Very quickly. um, The books we read today. (laughs) What would you do with them? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to fuck him and I'm going to kill... Suki Sackhouse. Dead until dark. Dead until dark. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, I still have issues with Hemovore. Yeah, but I thought it was way better written. It was way better written. The world, like, just the day-to-day, this is what we do when people have super deadly virus kind of thing was interesting. Those V-Love kids were so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, And there were parts of Dead Until Dark that I did enjoy, but overall, I just could have done without it. 
Yeah, it's too problematic. But, uh, listeners, okay, so neither Claire nor I have watched the first season of True Blood, but between bits of recording, Christine's like, oh my god, no, it's not like the book at all, it's really good, blah blah blah, so we might watch it and then check back in with everyone about it. We might. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. But just the first season. But just the first season. (laughs) I know that people have very strong opinions about the last couple seasons of that show. Anyway, um, great. So thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We really appreciate, of course, all the work you've put into this book and Mm -hmm. all the books you've written and or all the books you will write. Please keep writing. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Please come back. Please come back. We miss you already. And of course, uh, tweet at us, uh, you know, like talk about us on social media, rate and review on the iTunes and all of the other places. Hit subscribe. Tell your friends friends to do that. Subscribe your friends. You have their emails. Just yeah, you can hack their iTunes passwords. It's totes fine. Just subscribe them to it's things. It's probably password one two three four. Or I love Jesus. <laughs> God. Okay. And on that note, bye. I love Jesus. <laughs>